Are you looking to grow revenues, increase profitability, or obtain financing? If so, you came to the right place. Running a business is all about leadership. How do you become a better leader? Learn from the successful entrepreneurs and business owners how to lead your organization more effectively. That's why we created Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business, to help you succeed with your host, Andrew Frazier, Business Growth Pro and CFO and founder of the Small Business Pro University. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're joined by experienced entrepreneurs and business owners who share their secrets to success via live stream. Also, every Friday morning, we release a new podcast episode. Either way, you will learn about developing your business leadership skills from our roster of highly performing guest experts. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com. Welcome to Leadership Live at 805. I'm your host, Andrew Frazier, and once again, we're here to talk about the most important thing you need to know as a, a business owner. And that's really about how to be a leader. That's really what your job is. That's what your role is. And that's how you make your business successful. So what we do is every week we touch on key topics and not share information um, from guest experts and business owners just like you. So we can talk through some of the things that could be helpful for you to know to grow and improve your business. Very excited. This week, um, we have our special guest, Marla Curry, and our topic is business writing that gets results. Um, she's the president of Tag on the Web, and she has significant experience in marketing and sales and really just being able to communicate effectively online and in other marketing formats. And today more than ever, you know, your most important job and the thing that's gonna help your business survive is your marketing and sales. And one of the things that uh, can lift your game and your marketing is how you communicate. You know, how are you gonna communicate with your customers in a way that you get results. Our guest is Marla Curry, and I'm gonna bring her on so you can say hello to her, and we'll start chatting about small business. Hey Marla, how you doing? Welcome to Leadership Live at 805. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Happy to be here. Okay, great. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to not only just be here, but be here and share the knowledge and expertise that you have around Absolutely. communications. Thank you. So, uh, so, you know, really, before we get into the communications piece, it's always interesting and helpful to know where people are coming from, how they got where they are. Uh, so, you know, just tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're from, you know, a little bit about your journey and how you ended up where you are doing what you're doing. Uh, I'm originally from Ohio, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, born and, and raised there and uh, went to undergrad school at Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm a Spelman girl. 
Um, and uh, I did my master's at the University of Illinois uh, in Urbana-Champaign. I've always been a writer. Um, when I got my master's, um, I actually wanted to become a advertising copywriter. That was my original goal. Uh, but the salary for copywriters was about $6,000 less than for a business person. So I ended up on the business side. Uh, and it's been uh, on the business side that I've done uh, most of my writing and gained um, you know, that particular area of expertise and knowing how to write uh, for business. So, um, you know, I, as mentioned, I've, uh, I've always been a writer. I'm writing now. You talked about my clients. What's keeping me really busy right now uh, are my own personal writing projects. Uh, after five years, I finally, just this past week, uh, got a first draft of uh, a book that I've been working on uh, for five years. And I've also, over the COVID um, time period where there was, you know, a lot of people, you know, had time on their hands, I wrote four children's stories. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I enjoy writing um, and, um, you know, it's my avocation, but it's also my, my profession. The things that you mentioned, which is always interesting is, you know, and unfortunately a lot of times young people don't understand this till later that, you know, different careers make different amounts of money. And, exactly. You know, sometimes you, you know, it's important, you know, to understand what you're getting into. And it was good that you were able to, to see the opportunity on the business side, because well, you know, a lot you know, of times I, people don't. I actually thought that my, my goal was to get in and then switch over. But I found that I liked the business side. Uh, I did well on the business side. And I was able to vent that creative need uh, in, in on business proposals and memos. And you know, I've had a couple of um, of, uh, of uh, bosses throughout the years come to me and say, "Wow, what a great memo!" You know, I've had those kinds <laughs> of experiences. And so, you know, again, writing is uh, writing is uh, it's, it's a pleasure for me. I really like it. Okay, excellent. No, and, mm -hmm. and you know, business could be so many different things. Um, you know, I studied mechanical engineering, so I, I um, was the other spectrum. You know, I went to school, and part of the reason I chose my school was because we didn't have to take a writing class. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, too, that always surprises me, that how difficult writing is for some people. They'll be, you know, very smart in, you know, a math or a science, but, you know, ask them to write a short paragraph about what they did last summer and they're totally stumped. So, um, yeah, something as, as seemingly easy as, uh, as writing can be quite challenging for uh, a lot of people. Right. It's all relative, but I realized how important it was. So I've, I've developed very good writing skills. Excellent. Um, because you, you can't, not do that if you're going to move forward. It's a, yeah. It's a key yeah you, you definitely can't be in business and not know how to write. Uh, a number of years ago, I taught um, uh, college level business. And uh, these were, you know, students that were uh, juniors and seniors. And I remember this one kid, he was, a, he was a great kid, had a great personality. I knew that he would go far 
you know, in a business kind of environment because he was very likable. And he did a paper and I just could not believe it. Um, it was, it was, it was a terrible paper. I mean, his you know, spelling was bad. He was all over the place with his thinking. And so, you know, I pulled him aside and I said, you know, let me give you a piece of advice. And he was like a, 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 a senior, I think. I said, you know what, you're not, this is not going to work in the business world. Uh, you're going to have to do better than this. So, you know, I don't know what you need to do, but you need some remedial classes on how to write. As soon as a, your boss or a client sees a letter from you and, um, you know, there are tons of misspelled words and, you know, you have, there's no logic to how you're presenting your argument, um, you know, you're going to be in trouble. And he basically said, oh, there's spell check. I won't worry about it. <laughs> He's probably running some company now, some, you know, multi-billion dollar company now. Uh, but uh, yeah, at the time, you know, it's, it's just uh, spelling and grammar was just horrific. Right. And, and, uh, and you know, and, and, and schools now don't concentrate on that as much as they used to. I mean, when I was in school, you know, there were spelling tests every week and, you know, you'd be up at the blackboard diagramming sentences and, you know, there was, it was a whole different focus. Uh, now, you know, they've, they've got software that does that, you know, Grammarly will look at your document and tell you where the grammar is bad. Uh, you know, spell check will, you know, correct your, uh, your spelling. But the problem is, is that ultimately at some point, you are gonna be standing in front of a room of people up at a blackboard or up at a, you know, a whiteboard, you know, taking the notes, talking about some process or some procedure for a project and you there, you're already nervous, but now you've got 50 people in back of you looking at you. You know, you can barely remember to sp how to spell your own name, let alone, you know, words. So, yeah, it's it's good to to, uh, to, to have spelling and grammar in your back pocket. Right. And, you know, like you said, uh, it's very, very important because people's opinion of you in many times is based on what you write. Absolutely. And, and a lot of people will know about you only because of you what you wrote and may not ever meet you or you may not meet them or even know they know anything about you. So, you know, I've learned to be very careful with, um, you know, with what I'm writing and and also, you know, writing and communication is really one of the most valuable things that you can do in terms of improving those and building those skills versus any other skills that you um, that you that you can focus on so if, if you're not doing well there that's that's a good place to start yeah absolutely so, you know writing is you know I don't care what discipline you're in um, at some point you know you're gonna have to sit down to a computer and write somebody an email write a proposal uh, respond to a letter that you might have received. Uh, and it's basically just, you know, that kind of skill that's, you know, required just across the board. Uh, and and, and when, you, when you're not comfortable with writing, it can really get you into trouble. Um, you know, people will get letters from the IRS and they'll just put them in a corner just because they're not comfortable with writing a qualified response and they you know they may have a good excuse for you know why they didn't pay their taxes for the last 10 years 
But, you know, sitting down and actually writing it uh, can be so daunting uh, that, um, you know, they end up getting into trouble about it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so you, you mentioned some of your background, but, you know, one of the things I, you, you became an entrepreneur and business owner, even though you were a corporate executive. So talk to me about kind of how that happened and, and what, what made you make the change. You know, my, I, um, I actually come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, my dad was the only one who wasn't an entrepreneur. Uh, and he wasn't because he had eight kids to feed. And so he had to have a, you know, steady job. But, you know, all of my uncles, they were, you know, they were insurance men. Uh, uh, my, my, um, I have an aunt who was, you know, a clinical psychologist in private practice. They all had businesses. And so it's, it's almost ingrained in me to be a business person. Uh, and, you know, and I've had starts and fits with business, uh, but it, you know, I continue to, uh, to, to chase that dream. Um, and it is, is, is one that is, um, is one that, you know, has, has paid off certainly uh, to allow me to, uh, to, to, to make the living that I do. Uh, but, you know, I'm always sort of looking for that next venture. I love, uh, I love being an entrepreneur. Okay. Excellent. So, you know, you have your company tag on the web and um, wanted to, you know, with my business every two to three years, my business totally changes um, from what it was before right. based on sort of where the market is, where the trends are, where my skills have developed. Uh, talk to me about how your business has changed over the years um, since you started it. Uh, absolutely. Um, Tag on the Web is really a subdivision of my main company, which is called uh, Targeted Advertising Group. And um, Tag, uh, Tag on the Web, it started out really as a, uh, an SEO, search engine optimization company. That's what we started out doing. Uh, and then ultimately um, wasn't getting the kind of traction that I wanted to get with SEO. Um, and so we sort of turned uh, and started doing uh, direct, direct mail uh, as a, you know, the, the old fashioned, put it in the, in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the post office kind of direct mail. Uh, and, um, you know, had a little success with that, but it was very expensive, you know, for clients, particularly because online was sort of taking off at that point. Uh, and so I was sort of changed the focus. Uh, you might recall Andrew, a couple of years ago, uh, we were really pushing hard on a product called Marketing in a Box. And Marketing in a Box was a, a comprehensive you know, marketing uh, product that um, you, know, you got ads, you got media, uh, you got technical SEO, uh, which is uh, as opposed to marketing SEO, I'm always having to distinguish those two, uh, technical SEO uh, is a, a service where we actually go be, go behind your computer uh, and and look at your website files and and make them attractive to search engines from a, a technical standpoint, not just you know a marketing what's on the page standpoint. Uh, and so uh, that was a great product. People loved the name. I had the most difficult time trying to sell that that product. 
And finally, after, you know, beating myself on the head, it was like, all right, this is uh, this isn't going where I needed to go, you know, certainly not long term. And so I um, sort of changed as I personally started getting more interested in content development. And that's when we you know, really sort of changed over that uh, tag on the web is a, a content uh, generating uh, agency. You know, we we write. Um, across the entire spectrum of business, everything from um, uh, web content to marketing content to um, articles. We specialize in RFPs, as a matter of fact, uh, and business proposals. So, uh, so we're in that space now. Uh, I still dibble and dabble in tech. I had a number of uh, technology clients, and I, and I still like that area. Uh, and so, you know, I, people will come to me and ask me if I will uh, build them a website. Uh, but I've, uh, you know, worked on a lot of very uh, high science websites, developing uh, websites for, you know, Ohio State University and um, different kinds of um, uh, financial uh, services companies, building platforms. And so, you know, I, I really like that side of the business. But um, right now, Tag on the Web is focusing in on uh, content generation, whereas uh, the parent company, uh, Targeted Advertising Group, does um, advertising for Fortune 500 companies. Excellent. Oh, so, I mean, you've got a great background. You're doing some great things. You know, we really want to learn more. So, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, really seven key communication types that are important for business owners to know and understand. So we're going to focus on that. So maybe as we start out, you know, we talked about there are seven key communication types that you need to know about. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you could list them and then we'll talk a little bit more about the different ones in detail. Sound good? Sounds great. Um, the the first one really is just having a, a basic awareness of uh, good writing. And so, you know, there's just a, a, a need to, again, things like being able to spell, sort of knowing grammar. Um, and, and then there's um, everyday communication is another where you are uh, having to respond to um letters that you might receive or documents that uh, you need to uh, write about or explain. Uh, and there are, you know, four different types of, of, of letters, the, you know, the reply letter, the explanation letter, uh, the complaint letter, uh, and then an acknowledgement letter, which is a, a nice letter to uh, let somebody know that they uh, did a job uh, well. Um, there is uh, marketing content, naturally, being in business, you want to be uh, able to communicate marketing content. And increasingly as a small business person, uh, it really behooves you to know the ins and outs of uh, creating marketing content. Not only the various types of content that are out there, um, you know, everything from sales emails to uh, press releases, um, to, to, you know, to ads, uh, there are, you know, a number of uh, a marketing content type of communications that are necessary to know as a business person. Um, web content is another. You know, I always tell people that uh, have websites because again, I build them. Uh, that, that that's like some prime real estate there 
uh, on the internet that you own. And, you know, you should be making the most of that website. Uh, many people, you know, put up a site uh, and they leave it. They walk away from it. They don't go back to it for years. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's missing an opportunity uh, because search engines, uh, Google, loves fresh content. Uh, and they also love images. Uh, and so it's, it's very easy to update your uh, web content by uh, changing out your images uh, and, you know, and, and tagging them with uh, alt text. So um, web content being one, uh, there's um, identity communications, which is um, really just being able to explain who your company is and who you are. Um, there are so many people that have companies that they've never actually sat down and on a piece of paper just said, you know, this is who we are. This is what makes us unique. Uh, and, you know, and, and commit that uh, unique selling proposition to paper and, and stick with it. Uh, one of my first jobs was uh, working on Procter & Gamble Bounty paper towels. Uh, as a, you know, and a, a young assistant account executive when I first came to New York City. And uh, Bounty was using uh, Rosie, the waitress. I don't know, I'm going back a number of years, uh, but Rosie was the, the, um, the, the spokesperson in Bounty Paper Towels commercials, and they, they used her for decades. But what they, when they threw Rosie overboard, what they didn't throw away was the unique selling proposition for Bounty Paper Towels, which was the quicker picker-upper. And um, I was around uh, working with, as a matter of fact, the copywriter that came up with that tagline. And they've been using it for 45 years. So it's very, very important for companies to um, get into the identity side of communications. Um, and part of that is having a good elevator pitch. You'd be surprised uh, the number of people that you'll go up to at a conference and they just will not know how to explain what their company does. Uh, or, you know, and, you know, and, and sometimes you are in an elevator with someone and you want to very quickly tell them what you do. And so everybody should have, uh, as a business person in their back pocket, uh, a 10 second, a 20 second, a 30 second elevator pitch. Uh, they should also have a document that they can send out uh, that gets updated that says who they are and what they do and, you know, whether they're certified and how long they've been in business and who their clients are. You know, that's a, a document that um, is, you know, a brochure for your company. So when you meet uh, someone that, uh, that you want to follow up with, you send them a nice, very well-designed document that tells people uh, who you are from a um, uh, identity communication standpoint. Business proposals um, are uh, an area that um, business people need to know about. Um, you know, you get that bright idea. How do you sell it? That's your job. Uh, you know, you can build a better mousetrap, but you better make sure that you're able to sell that mousetrap. Uh, and that's what happens in a business proposal is that you have to answer uh, three essential questions, which is um, uh, you know, what it is, how much it is, and how much profit uh, is going to be made off of it. 
and so um, you know there there there's a need uh, to know how to write a very tight, cohesive uh, business proposal that takes a, an investor or a bank manager uh, by the hand and show them how they can um, why this is a, a good investment uh, for them. Uh, writing, being able to write a tight business proposal uh, is is a, a key skill. Uh, for you know, uh, some for a company for an individual who um, you know has ideas, you've got to be able to sell it, and you've got to be able to write it. And then finally, there's the uh, request for proposal. Um, you know, this is a, a way for a company to go from a zero to a Fortune 500 by you know getting a winning bid. And it's not easy to win um, RFP. Um, but I've had a lot of success in them. I've uh, consistently had RFPs to go to the second round. Uh, and so, you know, there, there is a, a formula uh, for writing an RFP. Uh, some of it uh, involves uh, doing research, uh, researching who that uh, vendor is that is submitting that RFP, uh, trying to find out what their approach is for uh, evaluating vendors and making sure that when you submit your presentation that you sort of hit on those areas that uh, you've identified are of interest to them in terms of how they will uh, choose a vendor. So, you know, you've got those um, seven different areas of, of uh, communications that uh, all business people need to uh, to know about. Okay, no, that's, that's, you know, key. It sounds like a whole mountain of stuff. It is. Which, which on a certain level it kind of is, but you know, it's like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Exactly. So, exactly. you know, you got to figure out where to start because in business and in life, it's always important to pick the best place to start from. Right. right. Um, so that it helps you get further along faster. So, you know, since we can't really go into detail on all seven of them, seven of them, mm -hmm. I think there's really three that are super critical for small business owners. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is identity. Um, yeah. You know, when I'm coaching someone, one of the first things I ask them is, you know, tell me a little bit about you and your business. And I'd say 50% of the time, five minutes later or more, <laughs> I'm you still, still not quite sure exactly. what they do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's it's very important to be able to t talk clearly and concisely about what you do because people's attention spans are so short yeah, that yeah. unless you are able to communicate effectively, you're going to lose them. Yeah, so absolutely. absolutely. That, that's key. You know, I came up with a 60 second commercial format. But maybe just talk real quick about, okay, I'm a business owner. How should I figure out how to communicate quickly about my business and who I am? Well, you know, it really takes the, the person sitting down with a, a good old pad and pencil uh, and determining who they are, what makes them unique, what makes them stand out from other companies that are like them. Uh, you don't have to be, you know, one of a kind in business. There are very few companies that are one of a kind. 
I mean, we've got, uh, you look at the e-commerce car industry, uh, you know, there's Carvana, there's Vroom, uh, there's, um, well, there, there are a number of them that are sort of playing on or positioning themselves as uh, low cost. Uh, and so they're all in that same swimming pool, but because they've positioned themselves differently, they're able to carve off an audience for themselves that, you know, when they're on television talking about their particular company, there's somebody out there in that audience that's interested only in price. Uh, or there's someone out in that audience that's interested in, you know, the the, the novelty of getting a, a car from a vending machine. And so you've got to, as a business person, sit down and figure out who you are. And then do the homework to try to whittle that down in as few words as possible. Uh, as I said, I, you know, I recommend people have a 10 second elevator pitch that, you know, they've got 10 seconds to, to grab somebody and tell them what they do. Uh, you know, and you can't spend five minutes when you've only got 10 seconds. Um, and then I, you know, recommend that they do a 20 second pitch and a 30 second pitch again, telling them a little bit more, but certainly driving home what makes you different. And, and that difference that a lot of people sort of miss is not what makes me different as a company, but what we do for you that is a difference. Um, you know, nobody wants you to hear you spout out about how great and wonderful you are. Uh, your widget is what they want to know is what your widget is going to do for them. And so as you're uh, writing your elevator pitch, you have to make sure that that pitch focuses in on value uh, for a potential customer and not, you know, not you, not your, um, not your features, um, but benefits for uh, a customer. No, that's great. Great. You know, I like going back to the old school pen and paper. Uh, Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. You know, there's a reason why it worked. Right. Uh, it works. Um, you know, business hasn't really changed that much over the years. It's just some of the tools have changed. So, Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, and the pen and the paper, you know, it, it unlike, I think, even a computer, um, you know, it's, it's tactile. Um, you know, you're actually, you know, touching that surface. Uh, you know, your brain is going and moving that that pen. Uh, and um, I think it results in a, a better thought process. Uh, as I said, I just, you know, um, finished up a novel and uh, most of that novel was written on legal pads. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's 45 chapters written on legal pads. It's, it's a lot of writing, but, yeah. you know, I, I mean, you're able to sort of look at it and and get a sense of it. Okay, no, that, that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one other thing you mentioned is you really have to have some introspection and yeah. really understand who you are and what you offer, right? which is key. Uh, but, you know, as well, we want to, you know, I, I recommend people ask their customers, why are you doing business with me? Because that's really your value proposition. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, and sometimes, and you, and you know, and sometimes customers will be honest with you, but sometimes right. they don't want to hurt your feelings, and so True. you might not get the honest answer that you seek. 
Um, and so it's 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 good to inquire with your customers about you know what it is where they see the value uh, in your business. But it it uh, to, to me a first step in that is you know taking a you know a good hard look in the mirror and saying who am I? What what are what where do we stand? What's the whole the niche that we feel that nobody else can feel? And once you sort of figure that out. You know, it may start out as a, a 400 page document, but you keep winnowing it down. And then pretty soon you'll look up and you've got 25 words. Yeah, it's it's, it's the hardest thing to write is something short. But Absolutely. Absolutely. It's extremely powerful when you figure out how to do that. But, you know, getting feedback and doing the research along the way helps to make sure that you're aligned. Absolutely. And that's the thing, too, that's key that once you sort of figured out who you think you are, that's when you go to a client and say, who do you think I am? And if those things don't align, there's a there's a problem there. There's a gap because the, your perception and their perception um, aren't meeting. And those things need to be uh, intersecting, if not being on a, you know, a, a tangential kind of path that uh, you're both going down the same road in terms of who they think you are and what, what value you bring to the party. Right, right. And, you know, another thing that I find, and, and you may as well, is, you know, a lot of business owners have multiple businesses, but they don't realize it. But when you write your value proposition out mm -hmm. and try to shorten it, you'll notice that you can notice whether things are aligned. Right, right. And basically, if you have different products or services that go to different target markets, then really each one of those is a business in itself that needs a value proposition. But also that means you're trying to run multiple businesses at the same time. It's hard to divide yourself that way. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's hard. A lot of a lot of uh, you know a lot of business people do it. They'll have you know multiple streams of uh, income, which is which is uh, always great. But it's important though that you be able to articulate the right um, elevator pitch to the <laughs> the right potential business person uh, or potential client. You've got you know a number of different. Uh, uh, streams of uh, revenue of uh, businesses uh, and you know you're in a, a, a an elevator with a potential uh a client well you know which one are you going to pull out of your pocket because you you know what you don't want to do is give uh, a potential client a laundry list of things you do you know because now you're a jack of all trades and probably a master of none so you know you've got to be able to um again, winnow down what that central message is and focus the message. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I too will want to tell them all, you know, oh yes, I do uh, advertising for Fortune 500 companies and I also do, you know, content writing for um, uh, uh, small businesses. And so you, you know, I do tech, I you know, got all these, you know, these pots boiling. And while that's all good, um, when I'm in a, a technology conference, I'm not telling anybody I do content writing or advertising for Fortune 500 companies. I stick to the tech conversation. That's the, you know, the elevator pitch I pull out of my pocket and I stick with it. Okay. And, you know, when you think about it, 
we're talking about communication that gets results, you have to communicate the right thing to the right people in the right way at the right time. Absolutely. And that technology conference, it was a good example that, you know, you knew how and what to communicate in that environment. But in other environments, there may be a different style, a different content to communicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, depending on where you are uh, and who you might meet, um, you know, you and 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 sometimes that you can't plan to meet someone. Uh, It might be something very impromptu, you you know, bump into somebody at a um, at a garage sale. I got a really good client at having a garage sale. Uh, this, you know, person pulled up, they were driving a Tesla. It was like, oh my goodness. In fact, I, that was the first time I'd ever seen a Tesla. And I was like, wow, that's a great looking car. What do you do? You know, kind of thing. And they said, oh, I'm in tech. And I'm like, really? So am I. And ended up having them as a client. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, but, you know, again, had I started in on, oh, I do advertising for Fortune 500 companies, that tech client never would have bought into it. They weren't looking for that. Uh, they were looking for a different kind of um, of a business partner. And so I had to tailor my uh, my identity to um, to to make sure that that client uh, heard what it was that I needed them to hear and that they wanted to hear. Okay. No, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've covered just the surface of identity communications Mm. but you know we want to talk a little bit about a few other key ones as well and you know some of the most important and valuable writing is your web content and your digital communications Um, and that's a different type of writing than writing an essay Uh, you know different than your personal identity communication or your elevator pitch uh, maybe some similarities in content, but talk a little bit about you know when you're when you're communicating for your website or digitally. You know what are some of the best practices? What should you be thinking about? You know how should you approach it? One of the best things that any uh, website owner can do is uh, I think I mentioned this earlier. Change your images. Um, you can you know, fool, if you will, a search engine uh, by having new images. You can keep the same content, but just change the images. That's a very easy way uh, to update your website. Um, Another thing is to make sure that um, your content uh, is using current industry jargon. Uh, You know the buzzwords that, uh, you know, right now, a digital transformation is one of them. Uh, wheelhouse is one of them. Those little buzzwords in um, in, uh, in in your content that tells a, a visitor that you are up to date with what's going on in that industry. So you know, make sure that uh, if you are updating uh, different parts of your website, um, that uh, that you do use you know current jargon. In, in your industry. Um, you know, a website is, uh, as I mentioned, it's, it's real estate. It's very valuable. And, and most people don't look at it that way. Um, you know, they look at it as a brochure 
that they, you know, put on a shelf and just, you know, sort of go back to it in, in 10 years or so. And, and that's not good. Um, I recommend that people change their websites, that they update them every two to three years. Uh, but again, in, in between that time, you need to be uh, putting in uh, new images, uh, updating articles, um, and and it's and it's not too difficult to do. You can you know use the same content, but just switch it around a little bit, um, just so that someone comes to your site and it just it looks fresh. Uh, and people, you want your site to be sticky, and that means you want people to stick around. Uh, having someone driving traffic to your site and they just immediately bounce um, does you know does no good for you. Uh, you want to uh, engage that person. Maybe there's you know something there that um, they can participate in, a survey, uh, a questionnaire, um, commenting on something, giving them something to uh, engage them uh, will create loyalty and long-term clients for you. So uh, that website is uh, extremely valuable. Now, in terms of writing content for your website, um, you, you can get someone to write for you. You don't, as a business person, you don't want to turn into a writer. That's the thing that I have to tell, you know, most business people is that, you know, you don't need to get into this business to, for instance, be a social media person, because once you get on social media, it becomes very demanding and you have to be there. And to do it right, that takes several hours a day. Uh, and, you know, it can, can eat up a, a, a whole week just trying to uh, stay updated with, you know, posting what you're doing, talking about what you did. Um, and so it's, it, it's, it's good to look for outside resources uh, for those kinds of things to, to provide you with content. Uh, and, you know, and social media being a big one that uh, everyone is uh, on that platform right now that they, 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 they feel they need to be a part of a, um, a social network, a community of people who uh, think like them. And, and that's a wonderful thing for your business, but um, you, you have to always be updating your social media messages. You know, that means, um, new articles, you know, maybe you're, you're not necessarily writing articles, but you're sourcing them, something you read, you, you put a link to it in your, on your social media page, um, you know, something, a, a conference that you go to or about to go to, uh, you do a little blurb about it, uh, that it's upcoming, or this is what you got out of it, this is who you met, um, again, just providing that content on social media that is going to be useful to a potential client. You know, we, a lot of people, um, you know, doing social media for a business and doing it for your personal um, self is, is quite different. You know, nobody wants to see what you had for dinner last night or the outfit you are going to purchase. Uh, so, so you really have to make sure that the content is relevant. If, uh, if you're, if you're you know, in an academic space, for example, you've got to have academic articles that you're talking about on, uh, on social media and, and be talking about academic subjects. You, know, you ultimately want to persuade, inform, and entertain uh, someone when they, they visit your, uh, your social media uh, pages. And you should have social media pages. And you should have a number of them. Uh, if you've got 
two or three companies or a company that has a number of different products, all your all of your um, best-selling products should have their own pages. So, you know, again, it can be very time-consuming to keep it all up. Uh, that's the reason why people go outside and hire social media uh, managers to uh, manage their pages, manage their community, um, because they, they just really don't have the time to do it. But it's, it's worthwhile. Another thing that, um, uh, from a web content standpoint, is um, really needed are landing pages. Uh, again, if you've got different products, all of your primary products uh, should have their own landing page. And that's a page devoted exclusively to that particular product where you're able to talk about it, um, sell its features, uh, show it in different angles, have people you know, give their recommendations about it, um, and then you use that landing page as a tool to um, get maybe people for your, uh, your email list, your sales email list. So, um, you know, the landing page, the social media content, uh, as well as your, your website from a web uh, content standpoint, um, those are the most uh, important areas. Okay. No, you shared a whole bunch of great information there. Um, I'm just going to pick out a few pieces just to, um, you know, emphasize. And, you know, one of the things you talked about is getting help. You know, yeah. I've been doing a lot more in that space over the last year or two. And, you know, I've gotten help, which has really been able to you know, expand my capability and, you know, have people who do it all day long um, mm -hmm. so they can do a better job at it than, than me as well. Um, but that being said, you can't get help and abdicate everything to them no. because they can't do a good job for you unless they know and understand and get your guidance and feedback. That's so, where the leadership comes in. Mm -hmm. You know, you still got to be the leader. You know, you've got a social media manager, but you just can't turn that person loose on your social media pages. You know, you may get a client and say, you know, you know, the hell is this? You've got porno on your site or something. You, you just, you, you can't do that. You know, you've got to be, again, in that leadership role where you're setting the strategy or maybe that individual is setting it and you are agreeing to it. Um, and they're developing maybe an editorial calendar for your social media pages, but you're looking at that calendar and saying, yeah, okay, I agree with this. But before you send anything out, I need to co-sign on what it is you're sending out. So, you know, you put guardrails around it, um, but, but, but having that help, it's, it's critical. You, you can't do it all. And, and too many small business people think that they can, and they, they end up um, not doing the best job of, of anything. Right. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you have no choice early true. on. True, so, very true. But, you know, the key is, you don't have to do everything, but what you do, do it well, because it's yeah. it's, yeah. it's your brand. And, and, and you'd be surprised the sources of free help that are out there. You know, you could put um, a little a little blurb in Craigslist and tell someone that you want, a, you know, a, a non-paid intern. You'd be surprised at the number of people with jobs that will say, 
can I do this because I want to get into that business? And so they see working for you for free as a, a way for them to, you know, be able to say they've 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 uh, got valid experience in that industry. So you know, you you they're they're, they're sources. You know, you can go to college campuses and say, you know, think any college kids want to do this kind of you know work with me on this? You'd be surprised. Okay, excellent, excellent. So yeah, so we covered covered that in decent detail. Um, We've got a few more things to talk about, but time is always against us. It seems like an hour is like a whole long time, but we're we're getting we're getting getting close. But you know, one thing I want to just touch on because it's important to every business owner is getting business, and mm-hmm. one of the most important things to get in business is having a good business proposal. So maybe if you could take a sec and just say a little bit about what goes into a good business proposal or what you should be thinking about when you're writing your business proposals? Yeah, When you're writing your business proposal, your job is to sell it. That is you know, your job first and foremost. Uh, and so you have to, as a writer, uh, always, I always thought of myself when I'm writing big documents like that as, you know, I'm Perry Mason. My job is to go into this courtroom and prove this case. And so when I'm writing these documents, I put on my Perry Mason hat and, you know, it's like just the facts. Let me tell you what the facts are. Now, one of the things that is extremely important when you are doing a business proposal is that you have documentation. Nobody wants to read about your great widget if you don't have uh, the data and the facts to back up why that's a good proposal. And there are tons of sources for getting um, information that you can use in a, a document and you can get them for free. Uh, you know, the U.S. government is an excellent resource. They put out tons of information on different industries. And so when you are putting together your proposal, uh, one of the first sections should be um, an analysis of the, of the industry. So, you know, whether it's the pizza selling business or the, you know, the shoe selling business or a tech business, having that upfront analysis and saying, you know, we know what's going on. Here's what's going on. And then from a, 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 you know, a macro standpoint, which is what that is, a macro business analysis, you go down And then you start talking about uh, the micro business environment. And the micro business is looking at who the players are, Uh, you know, in the pizza industry. Okay, you've got, you've got, you know, you've got Pizza Hut, you've got Domino's, you've got, you know, uh, so-and-so over here on the corner that's selling pizza. Well, you, you look at all the dynamics of the macro industry, because what you're doing is, again, you're making that case for where you can fit in this uh, this this business realm with something new. Then finally, you know, once you've got the macro and you've got the uh, the micro analysis, then you start actually getting into okay, well, what are you selling? And that's when it's very important to be able to present the case logically. You cannot be jumping all over the place um, as you are talking about your idea 
and um, it that you know it, it's got to flow. It's got to be concrete. Um, there's got to be a a rhythm to how you present that idea, uh, and that's um, <clears throat> you know looking at it from the you know the, uh, uh, again a big standpoint. You know how many people are in this business down to what is the the niche uh, that you're trying to fill. Uh, and then once you've sort of gotten that part of the proposal down, the what the big idea is, one of the key things about a proposal is the financials. Um, you know, first, the second question out of a potential investor's mouth is, well, you know, what are we going to have to pay to realize this, and um, you know, and how long it's going to take? So you've got to be able to sit down with your calculator and that good old pencil again. And, and you know, and do some do some guessing. You know, well, just how much will it cost to manufacture this, and how long will it take us to you know to to uh, to show a profit, and what's the likelihood that competitors are going to react? Because if you are trying to do something where there's um, you know strong competitors, they're not just going to sit back and let you come in and take their market. And so having a, a proposal that touches on you know, who the competitors are, what you think their response is going to be, but then also what it takes from a, you know, uh, an R&D, uh, an investment standpoint to get that idea going, you know, how much money you actually need. And, you know, and that's counting up the pennies, you know, what, you know, what is it going to take for warehouse space, for manufacturing, personnel, uh, running the office, uh, taxes, lawyers, accountants, you got to sum it all up and put it in a document and be able to present that financial piece of a business proposal uh, very clearly and very comprehensively. And it's, and it's okay to say that everything's not gonna be rosy because it's not. Uh, you know, there are very few new ideas out here unless you're in the tech space um, that are, you know, everything old uh, is 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 new again in a sense in a business proposal. So you know you don't have to say, oh, you know it's going to be great. You can say, yeah, you know here are the challenges, but here's how we think we can get around them. Uh, any investor, any banker will appreciate the fact that you were honest enough uh, to you know present um, a, a real landscape about what uh, the the environment might be uh, for this business idea. And, and, and your solution for getting around that. And you should also have a timetable. Make sure you've got a timetable because you want to be able to say um, how long this is going to take. Uh, what's the ramp up? How long you're gonna, you know, it's gonna take for you to get on board? Um, how long it's gonna be before you actually start showing profit? Definitely, doing a business proposal is key and doing a good one is even better. Right. Um, so these are a few pointers, but there's so much that you need to know to do that. So how do you learn or understand um, or gain the knowledge to do that? Well, that's part of what Small Business Pro University is all about. And we are excited that Marla has agreed to be one of our instructors and actually is putting together a course on effective communications that gets results. So, you know, some of the things you've heard here that's just scratching the surface, but there's a lot more that you can learn about these things that can help you with your business. So she's working on putting the course together now, and you know we'll be getting it up on the university. And you know once it's launched, um, we'll definitely share information about it. But um, you know definitely um, your communication is critical. 
Um, you can't market effectively. No. You can't sell effectively without communicating effectively. Um, and, you know, now more than ever, you need to get results. And you can't do that without knowing what to do and how to do it. So um, thank you, Marla, for taking time out of your busy schedule and really sharing some valuable insights. We'll definitely let you know when Marla's course launches. And But before we go, uh, Marla, you want to just um, sum up, you know, real quick, a few key takeaways uh, for people so that, you know, they can just have that fresh in their mind, you know, where sh where can they start or where should they start? You know, as a, as a business owner, it's uh, extremely important for you to not be intimidated by writing. And whether that is uh, an email or a proposal, uh, a response to an RFP, or just, you know, sitting down and, and, and really putting a ringer around who you are. Uh, writing should be something that you're comfortable with. And our, the, our schools today don't focus in on writing the way they used to. And so there is a, there's a gap in knowledge uh, in many people's um, toolbox. And so this course was designed really to fulfill, uh, to help you know, close that gap, uh, to give people uh, information that they can use uh, in their business. Uh, the entire course is about writing for business. Uh, and so, you know, from, uh, from A to Z, from articles to RFPs, uh, we cover how to write, what the secrets are to writing, strategies for winning, um, things that, pro tips uh, about, you know, how to name documents, how to um, uh, label documents so that you can find them later. Just a lot of tips that uh, ultimately will lead to uh, someone of being a more productive, more effective writer uh, of business communications. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, you know, definitely I've learned a few things that I'm going to put to work, and I'm sure you have too. And, um, you know, once again, thanks to Marla Curry for just being here this evening, talking about business writing that gets results and gets the results that you want to have for growing your business. And just remember, at the end of the day, the more you know, the faster you grow. Thank you for listening to Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com.